Hey, I'm Dina Blizzard, and you're watching One Funny Morning. Welcome to One Funny Morning Show. From Monday to Friday. And sometimes on Saturday. Why would you say that for all these people? You never know what's going to happen. Carmen. Cortez. Good morning, everybody. What's outside your weather door? Good morning. Uppy, uppy. Uppy, everybody. Hi, this is Jane and Shane, and we're at LaGuardia Airport getting ready to fly home from our wonderful, amazing weekend. Um, let me see your ball drop. <laughs> um, you have anything to say? <laughs> you said something about our hearts full. Oh, we're leaving with our hearts full, and uh, just such a wonderful time. And But now we're going to turn it over to our wonderful, beautiful, lovely host, Dina Blizzard. Uh. Bye. That was so nice, Jane and Shane, this morning. Good morning. I love that Jane's brain just stopped working like mid-sentence because that's how mine works all the time. I just think you are so beautiful. Celine, what? Why are we not best friends? Oh, wait, I didn't put the light on. Celine, thank you for such a lovely compliment this morning. I hope with somebody's here, lights on. Good morning. Um, it's Wednesday. I didn't show up that late for work. Move your leg, Colby. Here comes our co-host is ready. Come in. You can come in now. Thank you. Okay. Come on. Come on up. It's real antsy. In the That's not yours. That is not yours. It's like, it looks like mine. It looks like oh, you have smelly breath. Uh-huh. Good morning. This is so much easier. I can still use my phone and not get distracted by Facebook, said Lauren on the YouTube. You became a subscriber last night, Tana. Good to have you. Donna Gillum Felfum. That is a great name. And you are officially a three-namer on the subscriber side. You're already in a group and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. I'm on holiday before the holidays. Good for you, Tammy. Look at every. You smell like tuna and not in a good way. That is not a compliment. She's like, I love tuna. That is not what a, okay. That's a choice that you made. And I, yeah, I am not on board. So why do you say this in front of all these people all the time? <laughs> <laughs> do you think she knows? Stars, thank you. Mm -hmm. What is the good way to smell it? I don't know. I don't know. I just thought she should know. That way, tuna is not a good smell. <laughs> All right. Let's just maybe think of a different scent. I don't know what like a good dog scent would be. But I can tell you it's not dog food. It's not tuna. It is better than poop breath. Shakendra's on your side here. She's like, well, the other options from your other dogs are poop breath. I thought I'd bring it in with some tuna, but I see you don't like that either. 
All right. Yes, we have some big shows on Saturday, if you haven't heard. I think the first show is sold out. The second show at Catch a Rising Star is open and ready for tickets. So if you'd like to come see us, it is a packed house of a whole bunch of blizzards and Missy Hall. That's the added. It's going to be so fun. Okay, Tina. Um, My Dodson smells like rice. (laughs) I don't, does rice have a specific smell? I can feel you looking at me. Is there something you would like to say? I think there's something you would like to say about embarrassing me in front of 300 people. You know what? You're a good dog. Wait, and Missy? Yeah, and a side dish called Missy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. She is. Mm hmm. Yep. I have a five pound Dotson smells like Fritos. All dogs smell like Fritos. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was like, why do you smell like Fritos? It's just what the, the smell that all my dogs seem to have. Fritos. I love Fritos. It's a good smell. Then I found out that it's just, it's like old urine. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, oh no, my dog has a fine smell. It smells like Fritos. Oh, that's, that's very common. That is the smell of old urine. And I was like, that sounds right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shikandra has left the chat to look up flights. Girl, all I had to say was Missy. How old is Lulu? My boxer is 11. Lulu, hold up your fingers. How old are you? Lulu, are you this many? Let's see if her face changes. Are you this many? Oh, it's your birthday. Are you this many? Are you this many? She's like, girl, come on now. I'm trying to thank you. Got you in 21. You're somewhere between this many and this many. Did you know that? She's like, I won't even look at you. It's yeast, not urine. Not good. I have a 10-pound Dotson trying to sit on my face right now. Said everybody. What are you looking at? Are you reading the comments? Because it looks like you're real intense this morning. <laughs> if there was, like, in the, the dog is hilarious. If there was in the dictionary a definition of resting bitch face, this is it. Just like, well, you got a snack in here? No, I was just, I was showing your face as being dramatic and I was doing this. And you think I was mad. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're like four and a half, five. Well, it's going to be 24 soon. You're five. You're going, okay. That face is back. <clears throat> oh, I think she does talk, Carol. I think she absolutely says a lot. She should work at the DMV. Did you ever think of getting into crime fighting? Or working at the DMV. Stacey's mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want to say anything, Lulu, but I also have RBF. It's an affliction that many of us have. 
And some might say it's a superpower. Mm -hmm. I just joined. Where are we going? Nowhere. We're not going anywhere. She basically is my bodyguard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here's the funny thing is that she, her face never like, is like, oh my gosh, like that's it. This, that's the, 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 you just saw that she saw a car and that's as excited as she gets. And now she sees this snack in front of me. No, no, no. I thought I would. All the dog's birthdays are April Fool's Day. That's how I remember. Mm-hmm. I told you I went to the CVS once to get medicine for the dog. And they were like, okay, please don't like the table. They were like, okay, what's the dog's name? And I said, Lulu. What's her birthday? I was like, what? They were like, we need a birthday to match it. And I was like, I have no idea. She's like, well, I can't give you the medicine without the dog's birthday. I go, so I apparently must have made a birth. This was years ago. It probably was like, it wasn't Lulu because I learned my lesson. It was like an old dog, like Daisy. So I must have given a birthday the first day I was there. I said, I honestly have no idea when this dog's birthday is. She's like, well, I can't give you this medicine without the dog's birthday. And I go, you know, you know, I wasn't there. It's like Jesus. No one was there. I mean, we celebrated December 25th, but was it? No one was there. No one knows when this dog was born. Yeah, just pick a day. The problem is, is a, I don't know, same day as my birthday. I don't know. So I made up a day. I couldn't remember. She wouldn't give me the medicine. I go, lady, I can't ask the dog. And you seem to be holding this information ransom. So if you could tell me what day, I'll remember it. I'll put it in my phone. But this could go on for a long time. You see, she's here. This is her. Her name's Lulu. And she needs that medicine. Mm -hmm. So after that, everyone's birthday is April Fool's Day. Did you know? Did you know? We never celebrate. Mm -hmm. I had to put the dog's birthdays in the notes section of my phone. That's what I'm saying. But she was so serious about it. She was like, I can't give medicine if it doesn't match the dog's birthday. And I said, are there a lot of dogs coming here for this particular medicine under the name Lulu Blizzard? I don't understand. This is a dog. It's not whatever date I pick. It's not her actual birthday. She's like, well, mm -hmm. my daughter's real birthday is April Fool's Day and no one believes her. See, same problem as the dog. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just the funniest conversation I've ever had. I have a lot of those. Yeah. Um, my dog apparently found in a box in Alabama. It was kind of dog that is what kind of dog. I said they left the papers in the box in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what does she think? She's gonna sell this dog med on the street? That's what I'm saying. My cats have a contact in my phone. It also has their tag numbers. Yep, I have two dogs. The birthdays are January 6th and August 16th, and we celebrate them. Caitlin, you go. Don't tell Lulu. 
pH in the water. Uh-huh. I know. She does have a middle name. It's Pecorino. Lulu Pecorino. Is that not on there? It's weird. Mm-hmm. Some people use gotcha day. What's gotcha day? Dan, what are you saying? My son's birthday is April Fool's. When I called my parents to tell them he'd arrive, they didn't believe me. That's so funny. I just realized I missed my dog's birthday in November. No idea the date. Mm -hmm. She's so sophisticated. Oh, the day they got adopted is gotcha day. I got you. Yeah, no, I don't do that. I don't remember that either. Do you? It might have been in 2020. Do you remember? I thought it was 21, but I think it was shortly. She's like, girl, why you ask me? Why you ask me? So intense. This is her. This is, this is her happy. She is having the time of her life right now. <coughs> Where'd you get her from? A box in Alabama? No. She came from down south, Georgia. Yep. And uh, they found her in the woods somewhere. And uh, she was completely emaciated. It was so bad. How many people get the word emaciated and emancipated wrong? Is it just my family? Because it is the funny, the words are not that different. And yet, very different. You were not emancipated. Well, you emancipated yourself, but you were also emaciated. So you could see every rib in her body. Now she's a little bit of a, you're kind of big. You're a big girl. You're husky. But she wasn't husky. No, I got her after COVID. So we had just lost <clears throat> our dog, Coco. And uh, right before the pandemic. And Carrot, my girlfriend, Carrot, uh, had worked with this adoption uh, place. And this place really um, focused on bulldogs. It's called Don't Bully Us. And... Um, but during the pandemic, they were taking every everything because every everything was on the table at that point. And they bring in, they literally would bring trucks up. There had to be like 30 dog carriages in there. And they'd bring them out from like the oldest to the youngest, because the youngest didn't have their shots and everything. So they were really sick. So the babies stayed in there last. So they'd bring these dogs out. And we had done the two Mastiff puppies first. And I was, the paws were gigantic. The paws were this big. The bodies were this big. And I was like, this, this is too much for us. So we started doing that. And we got like lots of different kinds of dogs, uh, a lot of different breeds. We've always had poodles uh, and German shepherds. Um, so Lulu was our first boxer. And she was feral. Like she had been, are oh, you thick? You know how you thick. Girl, we change it. Okay, let's see make you happy. Um, but she she kept attacking Colby. And Colby was so good because he could get along with any dog. Like you can attack him. He'd be like, come on, you being silly. He doesn't care. She started attacking him. 
And he didn't do anything, but it was so upsetting. And I'm yelling at her. And I was like, get down. I'm screaming in my yard. And I called the guy and I was like, Mark, you have to come and take this dog because this dog is too much for me. And he was like, what is she doing? I was like, she's jumping all over Betty. Uh, she, she started jumping and I put my arm up like this. And she, she did this with her teeth on my arm. And I said, stop it. And she let go and fell. Um, but she, she, what she didn't, she just grabbed it. She wasn't hurting me, but she scared the crap out of me. It was like, we had just met. It was uncomfortable. Um, and so I called him, I said, you have to come get her. I can't do this. And he said, well, what did she do? I said, she keeps jumping up on people and, um, and she keeps jumping on the dog. She's just out of control. He's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm screaming my head off. He goes, and what is she doing? I go, she's getting down. He's like, so she's listening. I said, I guess so. Everyone's listening. My whole neighborhood can hear me screaming. It's the middle of the pandemic. Nobody's outside except for my voice screaming, get down. Remember that? He's funny. Um, and they said, you're supposed to feed her twice a day. I have fed her four times a day because I saw too many ribs on you. And that wasn't supposed to be like that. That wasn't supposed to be like that. So I fed her as much as she wanted. <laughs> Um, and she kept running away. We spent most of the, at least a year in the pandemic chasing her. She would run away anytime that she could. And then one day <clears throat> the gate was open and I guess she was like, hold oh, on. Sorry. I'm like, she was, um, she was two when we got her, but just super, just rough around the edges. And and so when they found her in the woods, it was clear that she had been out there for a while and had been foraging for, I don't know, animals, whatever she could eat, which wasn't a lot. And, um, and she has a tattoo in her ear. There it is from her spay. So when she was spayed, they tattooed her so they could find the owner. They found the owner and they said, Hey, we found your dog. We just want to let you know. Um, and, uh, and he said, yeah, I don't want her. I don't want her. That's why I left her there. She ran, she ran away. She did all the stuff she did here and she was incontinent. So she was hard. So we had to keep her. So when you're fostering, you have to keep the dog until they're ready to be adopted. Um, and her, she was peeing all over the place. That was bad. It was bad. You know that. Um, and so we uh, had her for probably almost two months. By the time it was you know, like people were ready to, um, and now she's the co-host of a top-rated talk show. What girl? Talk about a success story. You made it. Total gangster. You didn't know about her tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once she figured out that we love her and we weren't going to drop her off anywhere, then she she decided to stay. She decided. We didn't. She did. And then it was time. So then they said, now, listen, you cannot. She's got to be four or five now. It's okay talking about your age. Um, so then they said, I said, well, I've heard that... Um, 
boxers do well in pairs. I don't know if you know this, um, but boxers, if you have two boxers, they uh, will run along the, your fences, your perimeter together, and they 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 will they get up on their back legs and they do this right. That's the the, the old wives' tale of why they're called boxers. And he said, now you cannot get another female boxer. It has to be a male boxer. And I was like, why? He was like, she's an alpha and two girls will not get along together. They will fight. So we were like, okay, if you get a male boxer, let me know. So this guy, Mark was his name. He would get lots of different dogs come through, whatever. So um, one day he calls and he says, uh, we have another boxer. And I said, oh, you do? Is it a, it's a boy? And he said, no, it's a girl. And I said, well, you said I can't have another girl in the house. And he was like, well, you can't, except this one is afraid of everything, completely submissive. So Lulu will be dominant. There won't be a fight at all for dominance with this dog. And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, the dog is currently stuck under a car. <laughs> I was like, well, that sounds amazing. Um, and uh, and yeah, she. When I got to the truck, she was under the truck. I had to pull her out, Ruby. Um, and Ruby is definitely not an alpha, unless there is a toy or a treat of some kind, a bone, then she becomes alpha, then Lulu attacks her, and then we all know that Ruby's not in charge. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, or pine cone, yeah. Anything that Ruby can pick up and walk away with is hers. If she sees it before you, it's hers. So Ruby's story is, Ruby, you want to come up? You want to say hi to everybody? Come here. Why don't you come say hi to people? Come here. She's like, no. So Ruby was in um, like a uh, hoarding situation with like 16 other dogs in Texas. And she made her way up here with probably five of the 16 from her group. They did come with names. These are not their original names. Um, hey Dean, I see that you have underwears on again. Can you bring, um, <clears throat> all this stuff has to go out to the curb. Dean, we could do this or you could just walk into the curb. Don't bring that out then. Just that's, but the, it's completely full. There's no more room. So just bring it to the curb. And if you could prance. He's stomping his <laughs> He has a shirt on today. So that's that's good. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh, to get crazy Daisy a companion. Oh, I don't know, Judy. You ready for that? That's a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got underwear on. That's fine, Katie. You don't know my neighborhood. Everybody's always in underwear. <laughs> no, I, I guess I mean he had a shirt on today. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny. 
because he lives in the basement. All the food is bought for him, made for him. I won't clean up after him. Got his own bathroom. Life is good. He does nothing. So every once in a while, when I say, can you bring the trash to the curb? And he looks at me, real, real puss on his face. And then I stare at him like, really? This, this request? And then he does it. Mm-hmm. But if he was 17, mm-mm. big fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same girl, same. For 11-year-old crazy boy that my daughter left behind him, but I'm nervous. I don't know. I can't do any more dogs. I'm tapped out. Who was I talking? Was it Duty Judy that has four dogs? I was like, you have four dogs? I can't do it. Mm-mm. My college resident is moving home for second semester. I'm getting, and I'm already getting that same look about helping around that. Yeah. See, Kathy, listen, you, it's a fight. It's a fight through high school and college. But that one turned 24 on Monday. And now we in a different situation. Like, yeah, I don't have to be nice to you anymore. Good morning, Jurgen. How are you? Mm-hmm. I was just talking, just talking about you, Jurgen, the other day. What was I saying? Oh, on the trip, on the trip, um, <laughs> we were cracking up. I should have, I should have done it. I wish Alexis had said it, but we were at dinner one night and all of us were together. And at some point I raised my glass because everybody just got their, their wine. And I was like, everybody salute, cheers. And one girl in the back was like, up your butt. And I was like, oh, I should have done up your butt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My sister had five dogs, four huskies, and one that was even bigger than that, plus three young kids. She's now down to just two huskies. Oh, my goodness. That's too much. Mm-hmm. I think parenting young adult children is harder than when they were toddlers. Yeah, because they had to listen to everything you said when they were toddlers. Now? Now they want to start thinking for themselves. How dare they? I don't like it. Guten Morgen, Jürgen. Jim, did you look that up? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so that's happening. Um, today will be my um, <clears throat> third day of resting, which is weird. I have to write some articles today. Um, but I'm going to try to rest one more day and then I'm back. I'm, I am back tomorrow. I'm feeling better and better, mostly because I sleep all day. <laughs> I think my body is just trying to catch up with, do you think you can, you can catch up your body on sleep? You know, like you can just, I didn't sleep for a month and a half. Let me sleep for three days. Like that? Mm-hmm. I feel like my six-year-old is less to handle than my 15-year-old. Of course, Tracy. 
because you can send a six-year-old to their room. You can take things away. A six-year-old doesn't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a newsletter for December. I think it's going to come out today if I can get myself together. I was all day money yesterday. I put the pedal down and cleaned the crap out of my house. Oh, Victoria, how do you feel today? I think you can catch up on sleep. Shelby Joe says no. He speaks German and sarcasm. I believe you. I believe you. So last night we made biscotti with Diana. Big ones. Big biscottis. I hope you were watching because it was quite funny. Um, <clears throat> it was a lovely day. Let me see. I also put some articles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I wanted to uh, bring this up because I saw this article last week. <coughs> and I don't know if anybody's heard about it, how you feel about it, but I feel some kind of way about it. Here it is. So this was on CNN. Exactly, Donna. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For a cookie walk on Saturday at a church, what's a cookie walk? Wait a minute. A cookie exchange? Do you just walk and collect cookies? I feel like we've talked about this before, but I've never been to a cookie walk. Um, I, you know a lot of six-year-olds and under that have cell phones. Like a cakewalk. What's a cakewalk? What's a cakewalk? We talked about this. I can't remember. You buy a box, you fill it with however many cookies you can fit, and all the money goes to charity. I know. We talked about a cakewalk, but I don't remember. So you just get pieces of cake? Do you go from house to house? I forget. I know, but I can't remember. It's not like a like a bar crawl. You go, they play music. If the music stops on your number, you get the cake or it doesn't go. Musical chairs-ish. We do talk about it walking. So you do walk from house to house? No, it's like musical chairs. You get a whole cake. <coughs> and you win a cake that is on that number. Mmm. No, in a in a circle. Yeah. See, I think I need. I should have done a cookie walk. That's we. Yeah, I've never heard of this. I know this is not. We don't do this in the north. Hmm. No, but we should do this for next year. It's just a church. We bake a bunch of cookies last week, and they all go for sale this weekend. <gasps> That's exciting. Stop licking. Hey, it's not a chicken figure. Stop it. Uh, I know I've never heard of it, but I like it. Uh, bourbon and cheese and cakewalk. Trina is trying to woo me to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I did look it up, but I couldn't remember. We do it in Indiana. 
I've never heard of biscotti before, you guys. Do you think that there are just certain desserts that are that are regional? I guess so, right? Hmm? We have cookie in, in our church in Winnipeg. I've heard of Tricky Tray. We don't have meat raffles. We should. All right, here we go. Now, this is going to sound weird because if you've never heard of it, well, that's it. It's going to sound weird. Here we go. <clears throat> the summer of 2023 was very significant for the travel industry. By the end of July, international tourism arrivals, glo- ar- international tourist arrivals globally reached 84% of pre-pandemic levels. In some European countries like France, Denmark, and Ireland, tourism demands even surpassed pre-pandemic levels. This is great news economically, but there's concern that a return to the status quo is already showing dire environmental and social consequences. So this article that I read talked about, again, you're hearing a lot of people talking about carbon footprints, carbon footprints, like companies are saying, buy from us, we have a very small carbon footprint. We do this, we have a small carbon footprint, because at this point, you know, the the difference, a two degree difference in temperature could have drastic effects. We've all heard it. Yeah, yeah, fine. So, come on. I gotta put a heater on, I'm freezing. So, um, <clears throat> so this article, let me tell you. Um, yeah, no one knows what Taylor Ham is outside of New Jersey. That's weird. All right, here we go. <coughs> the negative impacts on tourism, on the environment, have become so severe that some are suggesting drastic changes to our travel habits that are inevitable. In a report from 2023, they analyzed the future of sustainable travel. And tour operator Intrepid Travel proposed that carbon passports will soon become a reality if the tourism industry hopes to survive. You're like, Dina, what? What is a carbon passport? How are we doing? Yeah. Not talking today. All right, here we go. What is a carbon passport? The idea of a carbon passport centers on each traveler being assigned a yearly carbon allowance that they cannot exceed. These allowances can then uh, ration travel. The concept seems extreme, but the idea of personal carbon allowances is not new. A similar concept which was called personal carbon trading, was discussed in UK Parliament in 2008 before, before being shut down because of its perceived complexity and the possibility of public resistance. So <clears throat> I'm bringing this up because when I was in England, in Glastonbury, um, you know, there's London, which is like obviously a big city, but everything outside of it, um, and when I was in France, they, they follow like a very similar pattern and we have it here in America, in the Midwest, I would say mainly, but it's, um, you know, a whole bunch of nothing, Stonehenge, then nothing. And then Glastonbury. So it's like these towns and then nothing in between. 
And so they were talking about, um, they were talking about in England, how they were going to start making what, what did they call? They called them 15 minute cities. I think I told you about it a little bit when I was still in Glastonbury, they were making 15 minute cities and they were making it. So everything that you would need would be within 15 minutes of your, of where you live and your, <clears throat> I think in France, they call them arrondissements. Am I saying that word right? Or your town. And so you wouldn't have to go to another town. They're trying to get you to stop going like here. If you think about just your area in general, every area, it's got a Walmart, a Target, you know, over there, they got a cheese shop, a meat shop, a bread shop, right? A little different. We're like, we got to have a Home Depot, right? So they're trying to make it in England, yeah, that you would stay within your community. So everyone's not going so far to, and, and you know, creating a bigger carbon footprint. You know, a lot of things are walkable. Like everything in Europe is walkable. We walk nowhere. Where do we walk? We walk from the ice cream shop down the street to go get some more, like a steak. And then we walk from there to go get some bourbon. Uh, and then we get in our car and drive two hours. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, uh, yeah, carbon allowances, uh, they're saying, and they said that they were making it so that your carbon allowance would be equal to two round trip tickets to Europe a year. So like you could bebop within the US a couple of times and that would equal like one trip to Europe. Um, my husband has been researching 15 minute cities. That would be horrible for our country, but looks like they're leaning that way. Just another way to control people. Well, that was the thing is similar to here in Wisconsin, built one so close to a bigger city. So really, what was the point? They're already 10 minutes out from all the staples versus here in the middle of nowhere. I have to go 30 minutes to an hour to get anything. Mm -hmm. I live in a small village in Long Island. It's very walkable like that to get to shops. It's a 15 to 10 minute drive to the nearest Walmart. And it's really sketchy. My closest Walmart is an hour and a half away. Oh my gosh. I... I'm 30 minutes away at least from any Walmart or Target. And nothing there. It takes an hour to go to Walmart. I grew up in Washington. I hated it. That's why we're so far down south, southern Maryland, away from everything. Yeah, it's just very interesting um, that I'm starting. I don't know if you're hearing it, but I feel like more and more you're hearing, um, you know, especially bigger cities um, talking about, you know, trying to make things so there's less cars in the city. Like when we were in New York, it was awful. With a car, awful. Like you you need to be a walker and you need to be, it was a whole thing. Everything I need is within 15 minutes of me. I rarely leave my part of the city. It's great. I love it. See, Darcy, that's what the guy said. So I was, we were speaking with this English fellow and he said he loved America that he considers that his homeland, but he said it with like a thick accent. He was like, I don't want to do it because it won't be good. Hello. I consider <laughs> all of my English accents sound like they're from, um, can I have more porridge, please? What's the show? There's just, it's just Annie. That's not English. 
That's a hard knock life. That's a different show. What's the one? Can I have more porridge, please? Is that? <clears throat> no, Oliver. Thank you, Katie. That's what I meant. All of my English accents are either from Oliver or Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> so crazy. Um, <clears throat> my son has sold his car and only uses public transportation. I believe New York charges at East, at least trucks to enter Minto. Oh, it charges everybody. It's expensive to drive your car into the city for sure. They don't want it. So they make it so that um, it's super expensive that nobody would do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was, uh, I thought an interesting article because, you know, I'm going to have to be um, stealing all my kids carbon. I'm like, I'm going to need your carbon. That's going to be the next thing. Um, <clears throat> yep. They'll be like, how much carbon do you think you're going to use this year? Mm -hmm. In London, England, it's crazy expensive to drive in the city. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 40 minutes from Bangor, Maine. And that's like the middle of nowhere. So you're further out than the middle of nowhere. Wow. Trying a $15 to enter Manhattan below 60th Street. That's so crazy. <laughs> Trina's like, you can have mine. I never go anywhere. <coughs> I don't know, Alejandra. You'd have to, right? And like, I don't get it. Like, if you're work, if you're working and your job is to travel from place, like, how do you get? Because you know all the rich people, they're gonna get all their allowances. I bet that they'll give like a corporate allowance. Like each corporation can have this many. Hmm. How you doing, Dean? Had to sleep last night. Okay. All right. So I have another article. This is for everybody. <clears throat> Dean, this will be helpful. A study reveals there's one surprising emotion that can help you get ahead at work. Who wants to guess what it is? I haven't read the article, so I don't know. Study reveals there's one surprising emotion that can help you get ahead at work. Is it crying? One surprising emotion. I can't even give you a hint because I don't know what it is either. One surprising emotion. Funny. Humor? <clears throat> is that an emotion? <clears throat> Somebody said anger. Joy? Joy? They said anger, stress, sexual energy, empathy, crying. Trish, I would go with crying. I'd lead with crying. Lead with humor, followed up with crying. Be like, I didn't mean that. Laughter, crying isn't an emotion. I don't know. Feels like the most obvious one. <coughs> Control, being irritated, joy, laughter, confidence, empathy. All right, let's read it. Is sleeping with the boss an emotion? <laughs> that also works. It's a different article. <coughs> All right, here we go. If you want to get things done, it can sometimes help to be mad, according to recent research. What? 
Dean is going to be president. Man, how does that help anybody? A study published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology tested how anger could help people attain their goals across six experiments. The researchers found that when the challenges were complex and thorny, having participants get angry helped them achieve their goals more than feelings of amusement, sadness, or neutral emotion. That's Lulu's face. Participants in the angry conditions did better in a variety of situations in attaining goals despite challenges compared to neutral conditions and several other emotional states. This includes being better at solving puzzles, cheating to attain prizes, video games that involve skiing around poles. This is all helpful work. And taking political action by voting or signing a petition, said Heather Lynch, who's a professor of psychology and brain sciences at Texas A&M University. However, anger did not lead to better outcomes in fairly easy situations that did not involve the same types of challenges. So why can anger help you achieve your goal? In one case, 233 college students were randomly assigned an emotion. The students in the anger condition would watch insults to their football team while students in the desired condition saw dessert. Those in the amusement one saw kittens and laughing infants, and those prepped to feel sad saw images of funerals and sickness. Then the students got 20 minutes to write out and unscramble as many words as they could from four sets of seven anagrams in varying levels of difficulty. Students who were primed to get mad solved 39% more anagrams than those in a neutral condition. Why did anger, hold on, why did anger help with tough memory, but did not improve people's performance when it came to easier assignments? We don't know for certain in the studies, but the theory is that the responses that come with anger, such as focused attention, increased physiological arousal, and tendency to approach issues are helpful in situations that are challenging. In easy situations, those challenges are less likely to be helpful. And these findings align what she has seen in her research. While rage can be self-harming, destructive emotion that corrodes your relationships and undermines your goals, anger can help see things more clearly. The interesting thing about anger is that it's cognitively clarifying emotion. When people feel angry, it's often the case that they are thinking methodically, strategically, quite clearly, because the anger distills complex emotions, but also complex ideas. And while sadness can make you retreat inwards, anger pushes you to reach out and make demands of other people. So next time I'm trying to figure something out, I'm going to punch Dean in the face. Dean? Huh? How's that sound? Here's what I think about. I always think that those studies sometimes, like, they talk about priming students. But... Yeah, that's why rage cleaning works. Go ahead. But I feel like those things, like, they say, like, I would prime the students with, like, insults to the football team. They did. And then crying. And then babies, laughing babies. And then another one. But but do those things necessarily make someone angry? I mean, if somebody made fun of the football team, 
I don't think I'd care. But I think, well, let me put it like this, Dean. Let me put it like this. I believe it because if you put me in a room, if you want, if you put me around anybody where there's a lot of screaming and anger happening, I I feel it. My heart starts. I can't be around it. I'm not good. I'm, I'm not good around that. And if I'm around people that are laughing, then you do. Your endorphins are released. And you're like, oh, that's nice. You don't think so? Like if you get, if you're like around people, like you said, you're in meetings and people be yelling, get antsy. Listen, this is how men have been having meetings forever. I don't like it. I think, I mean, I don't, maybe it's just, maybe it's a man thing. I don't know. It doesn't. I haven't worked in enough places, I feel like, to get, have credibility on so. It can be helpful to understand anger as a potential tool you can access when needed instead of something you need to suppress when it naturally arises. We know from other studies that people will intentionally seek out anger experiences before entering a confrontation, intuitively believing that it will be useful for them to confront issues. Checking my hair. Our study suggests that this belief is often well-grounded. A moderate intensity of anger does seem to have benefits for overcoming challenging situations. Other research has found that inducing anger can help people be quicker with creative problem solving. So before the next meeting, real big meeting, bring a slap everybody across the face and be like, now, how can we get the water cooler to put out wine instead of water? And see what happens. I, uh, I drew you. That's supposed to be me? That's supposed to be you. I was, I'm working on my little, like, let's see. I'm about to get angry. I'm about to solve something. Oh, then we're, we're, we're on our way. <laughs> this is supposed to be me. Now I'm wondering why I oddly look like Mary Tyler Moore. Do you know Mary Tyler Moore? No, well, you should. Cause you drew her with a very long torso. That's not at all my hair. That's not my hair at all. My hair is not short. It doesn't have a flip in it. I don't know why my eyes, I mean, they're closed. But I do have cake. That's the only part of this. Yeah, that is reminiscent. No boobs. No boobs. Yeah, I don't know what I, I didn't sleep. I guess I was searching for that cake all night. My eyes, my eyes have like bags underneath them. I mean, you're well, not wrong. To show that you're old. <laughs> that's what you're using to show. Yeah, how else am I supposed to show that you're like age? Because when, when I took them off, your face, you look like you're 13. beautiful. Yeah, I look beautiful. Oh, look well, like- I have no breasts. I'm not sure why I look like a boy. I guess this is you. What? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And and are there other options I can choose from? <laughs> no, that's it. No, that's that's you. This is Who's this? Who's that's, that? That's Jacqueline. Why does it look like somebody from from Snoopy? It looks like uh, Lucy or Pat Peppermint Patty. That's supposed to be Jacqueline. And then I feel like you don't. You're not getting anyone's hair right. Jacqueline's hair should just stand up on its on its ends. 
Yeah, you don't look excited to be at the party. Yet. This is you. That's me. Yeah, this I know. This uh, actually pretty on point. Your nose seems to be very far from your face. <laughs> you might want to fix that. Reel it back in. Is um, why does everyone have extremely long torsos? What do you mean? You, well, I don't know. You tiny little legs, and I guess you have six hundred ribs. I gotta go home. Okay. I wanna show you this last. Do you have birdie? No, I didn't get to Brooke yet. I mean, I mean, this was be dead. <laughs> I feel like this one's pretty accurate, actually. And this is your dad. Yeah. Well, if this is your dad, then I can understand why mine is so off. Have I'm you saying. shown this to your father? No. I'm sure he's gonna love that. But I, I mean, he does look like the kid from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah, I was. I'm trying try to make this. So Brooke's not at this party. <laughs> no. My birthday always gives me so much anxiety. I always feel like I say the wrong thing. I wish I had a better life. <laughs> what is he using to draw those? Uh, Photoshop. That's Caillou. <laughs> yeah, it does look like Caillou. Why does he look so sad? All right. <clears throat> um, I don't know who this family is with you, but they are very old. Yeah, wow. I was say, because so look, look. With, and Brooke wasn't invited. With, Brooke's not invited to this with party. With Jacqueline's face, like, you see how there's no bags under her eyes, so she doesn't. She looks young. So I had to show that you are old in some way. So the bags, I guess, just help. I don't know. Okay. Where's Grandma? Can't wait to see Grandma. I know. I got to draw Grandma. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was... <clears throat> Everyone is wearing the same outfit in this. We all... We like to match. Yeah. No, there's no difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Well, I can't can't wait to see how this unfolds. I like your drawings. I know, me too, right? They're cute. Yeah, punch them in the eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gave you bags under your eyes and he's your favorite son. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> I have noticed I'm getting a lot of the lines. The lines. Over the years, your breasts are supposed to fall down and sag. And I don't have any. Mine went inward. <laughs> they they were sucked, back, sucked in. back in. <laughs> that same sound that, that the bank thing makes. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Maybe they're in the back. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anna, send it, send it to me. Uh-huh. Drawings. Just like they say on uh, Saturday Night Live. Let me see your drawings. You want to show everybody your fancy sweatshirt that you hung up? Dean bought some clothes when we were in New York. And last night, he says, did you know that in every piece of clothing... There is a tag that tells you how to wash it. What? In, Mom, in every piece of clothing, I said, you, you just turned 24 Monday. It's Tuesday. And you just figured out 
that clothes have tags in them that tell you how to wash them. And, and Dean, what was the one that you said is the difference between line dry and tumble dry? Line dry and tumble dry. He just, he's like, did you know there's a difference? I said, I did. So he hung his sweatshirt up and he said, so I want to take care of it. And I said, good. I'm glad that you're taking care of it. And I said, you know, if it's a heavy sweatshirt, you might want to lay it flat to dry instead of hang it because it'll it'll pull, it'll start to stretch. I gotta go. Okay. You later. Dean, you know that some of them don't say words on it. They just have symbols, right? The symbols for like the dryer or have a line through it. Oh, yeah, I did. I saw the symbols. So it's hieroglyphics. It's laundry hieroglyphics. They used it actually back in caveman time. That's where we got it from. All right, I love you. I'm going to tell him that lay flat to dry means that he has to lay on the floor with the sweatshirt on him. I could have so much fun. Mm -hmm. What did he do before? Nothing, Renee. He did nothing before. He took all the clothes and put them into the machine and then left them there. And miraculously, they were dried and folded and laid in his room. You know, how the, the magical angel comes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've come a long way, just like the pool, just like the <laughs> football. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> my fiance calls that house magic. There's a lot of house magic that happens here. Mm-hmm. I miss that magical angel. Oh, that bitch was great. Anyway, so that's today, everybody. So now you know about your carbon passport. Who knows if that kicks in? But if you have extra, please send them my way. And 15-minute cities. Um, And if apparently there's one emotion that will get you ahead at work, and it's anger. And now think about all the people at your work that are angry all the time. And you're like, that I don't like anger. I try to avoid it. <clears throat> you missed a lot, Lucy. You might want to come back. Oh, he's back. He just realized lay flat to try doesn't mean on the floor. What's up? Mm-hmm. I got to find today's article, Shakendra. I mean, it's in my thing. I think I could. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll put it on the supporter page. Um, so anyway, uh, I want to see the sweater. Take it up. It says, it's just, it's just a sweatshirt. It's a clean sweatshirt. It's, it's, it's so funny to me that he's taken such good care of. He's like, mom, this is really special. And I was like, okay. It's a sweatshirt. Now for his birthday, apparently I bought him a bunch of clothes. Uh, he was supposed to pay me back. He didn't. So I said, that was your birthday present. So that happened. <clears throat> so now he has real clothes. But this sweatshirt is what he's walking. I think he, he's going to put it into a glass case. And he's just going to be like, look at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lucy, it's not that nice. Mm-hmm. 
He just really loves it or it's because of the brand or who gave it to him. No, it's because he bought it himself. So these, this is the first time. So we were in New York. He did. He had found some time and he went shopping. He got a pair of pants. And I remember being on the trip going, where do you get these pants from? But he got them for $40. He said they were on the sale rack. And then he saw them across the store. He went over there. They were almost $200. He got them for $40. So listen, I'm happy that he cares. It's been 24 years. He's never cared about what he, what he wore. Yeah. Never cared about what he wore. Never cared about what it looked like or how to wash it. So apparently if you're wondering how long it takes for your sons to not smell and to brush their teeth, the answer is 24 years. I remember this cardigan sweater I bought myself on layaway at Lerner, New York. Mm. You know, remember when like, um, you know, you, you, you saved up your money for, I had, I had a strawberry shortcake watch and it was my most prized possession. And I loved it. And I just was like, smelled like strawberries. Ugh. And I remember one day at the Echelon Mall, I was in Spencer Gifts. And I took it off. <clears throat> I took it off to look at it probably under the light, under the, the creepy gymnasium light. That was, I was probably, look how beautiful. And I was playing with it. And then I did not put it on. I put it down. The Echelon Mollering. Put it down next to me. Why? I don't know. Why didn't I put it back on my arm? Who knows? And then I... We're driving home. And I looked at my arm. I go, oh, my strawberry shortcake watch. I was probably 16. No, I wasn't. And I said, Di, we got to go back. It was gone. Somebody took it. I never got another one. I was so upset. I bought a mushroom land for my first big buy when I was in high school. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tomorrow we'll talk about what's the thing that you bought when you finally got money and that you were so excited about. I want to hear about it tomorrow. Uh, but that's it for us for today, everybody. Uh, like Judy says, I hope you have uh, do something nice for yourself or for others today. It's hump day. We're almost to the weekend. If you haven't gotten your tickets for Catch a Rising Star for this Saturday, it is the Blizzard Bunch in the house with Missy Hall. It's a very exciting show. Um, that's at Princeton at Catch a Rising Star. Uh, the 7.30 show is sold out. I think we're working on a 9.30 show now. So it's going to be great. So hope to see you there. And uh, that's it. Have a great day and a blessed day, everybody. And I look forward to seeing you here tomorrow morning. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Hey guys, if you enjoyed today's morning show, make sure to follow us for more One Funny Mother content. Okay, alright. Morse code is tapping. And check out OneFunnyMotherStore.com for great, new, inappropriate swag. And for more exclusive content, consider becoming a supporter. She got a bad leg! Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow on One Funny Morning. <laughs>